The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual. China and electricity. Lots more people, lots more space, considerably tougher logistics, and yet somehow... Um, with one or two exceptions, they seem to be getting electricity right most of the time. Yeah, m- me suggesting that we ask China to help fix the uh, words at ESCOM might be as, well, controversial as building a 100-meter flagpole and saying this will restore South Africa's faith in humanity. Uh, I guess Nati and Tepto maybe missed out on the opportunity to say, no, no, it's not a flagpole. It is a gravity battery. You see, we put an immense <laughs> weight on the bottom of the pole and we winch it to the top where we have electricity. And whenever ESCOM runs short, we just lower it down and we get the energy <laughs> back. Marvelous. We should build them all over the country and put the flag on top. <laughs> yeah, that's completely ridiculous. So the, the idea of asking China is, is simply because I recently uh, read a bit about what China's planning to do. And I think when you see what China's planning to and what it has already done, it puts our challenges and what we have to do a little into perspective. And so hopefully not overwhelming you with, with, with crazy numbers, but there are a lot of them. Uh, it will maybe give us a bit of perspective of what it is we have to uh, uh, solve here in South Africa and how we can go about doing it. So uh, China is a much bigger country than us, one and a half billion people to our 60 million people. Nevertheless, it has been increasing its uh, energy capacity to basically be the factory for the world for quite some time and has an even more ambitious goal of adding to that capacity. All the while, uh, it is one of the world's largest emitters in, in total volume, but not necessarily by, by capita, uh, but for its massive amount of emissions. It has said that it's looking to have that sort of peak in the 2030s because it does rely a lot on coal. Uh, but that after 2030, because of its investments in hydro, nuclear, uh, and renewables, and, and even some very experimental, experimental versions, uh, should see that number decline, and for it to be carbon neutral by 2060, which again is the kind of thing that you know politicians and governments tend to claim because they pretty much know they're not going to be around to uh, cash those checks, as it were, when it comes around. So this is less about them being able to achieve that, and really what they've set out to do in just the next couple of years. Uh, South Africa, as a comparison, 60 million people. We have a, a total uh, energy capacity of about 51 gigawatts, 51,000 megawatts. I'm going I'm to use gigawatts just to not use incredibly large numbers. Uh, for the most part, though, a good chunk of that is missing. So we, we usually have about 45 to 48 gigawatts available on any given day, uh, which is just, well, sometimes significantly below what South Africa wants. And particularly in winter, cold winters up on the high felt with storms coming uh, people really want to put those heaters on. They want to cook uh, in the evenings, and there's just not enough to go around. Hence, load sheddings stages two through eight, depending on what we need. China has 2,390 gigawatts, and by 2025 plans to add a further 610. So South Africa total current capacity, 51 gigawatts. China, in the next two years, will add 610. If South Africa add uh, another five we're good. We'll be sweet. Five of the 610 they're planning to do, and we'd be laughing, everybody happy, you know, ESCOM back in the good books. So this is the kind of difference between uh, what they're looking to do and what we're looking to do. And again, not to uh, be too unkind to South Africa or ESCOM and our generating capacity. We are still the largest producer in Africa. If we look at our neighbors uh, right around us, sort of Namibia, uh, Botswana, Namibia and Botswana's uh, collective generating capacity combined is still less than what South Africa typically just has not working. So our unavailable 
uh, amount of capacity is still great than both of those combined. Zimbabwe and Mozambique, Mozambique has got a lot of potential for adding a lot more. Um, we still way, produce way more than they do. And I guess in time, and this is the opportunity for South Africa, is not just produce more electricity to get uh, what we need, but build it in such a way that we can start sharing that more readily and more easily uh, with neighbors in Namibia, Botswana, etc. And if you think about Namibia and Botswana and their ability potentially to generate huge amounts of solar energy, then the um, ability for us to build our integrated energy networks. So we're not just thinking about, can we make sure that Cape Town and Joburg and KZN or, or Durban has got like the lights on, but start thinking a little broader and say, well, if we can uh, uh, let industry and operations in Zimbabwe and Botswana and Mozambique really flourish and grow because they got access uh, to electricity, well then so much the better for all of us. So that's the kind of um, hopeful perspective I'm looking to try and give with us. And again, there are people who know way more than me than this and even by my um, very optimistic, some might say idealistic efforts, even this would be a stretch sometimes to assume, well, if China's doing it, wh- why can't we? There, there are a lot more things that, that go into it. Um, so as I said, while, while China is adding this massive capacity, it's not to say that all of it is going to be in renewables. In fact, to get your head around it, South Africa's uh, uh, coal fleet, the entire coal fleet, it's the bulk of our, our fleet, 38 gigawatts um, is, is what we have. China's looking to build uh, an additional 40 gigawatts. That's just on a construction for coal. So in the next few years, China's going to bring on stream more than South Africa's had for its entire amount. So when anybody would say, ah, oh, yes, but, you know, Madupi, Kusile, you know, those are really tough challenges. We need to get them done. Look at China and say, no, it wasn't. That was an absolute mess. And people should hang their head in shame for what they allowed to happen. And again, one of the reasons to say, well, maybe we do need China to come and oversee, give us some pointers. Because again, when they're building them at that scale and that volume, there certainly are going to be people who say, you want to build how many? You just want to build two more. <laughs> no problem. We'll, we'll come out there on one weekend and give you what you need to do. It, it shouldn't be too difficult. And the one that's really crazy, and in South Africa, still a bit of a debated subject, is around nuclear. So South Africa still is the, the only country in Africa with a nuclear plant. Uganda has commissioned one to come online, I think, 2030. Uh, and some people there are saying, what does Uganda need uh, nuclear power for? They, you know, they've, they've got enough hydro, they've got enough everything else. <clears throat> but the nature of nuclear is one. It takes a hell of a long time to build. But the plus side is you can then use it for a very long time. So uh, Kuburg, for example, was supposed to be decommissioned in 2024. They're going to ex- extend its life even further. Uh, it's a good coming up for 50 years old now. And at the time it was built, it was a 40 year old plant because the designs, et cetera, were from long before that. So that's only a century year old piece of technology that is still producing pretty reliable energy all day, every day. Well, certainly the, uh, the nuclear part of it is what happens with those generators and people dropping bolts into it every now and then. Yeah, and of course, just sold. before somebody shouts at you, Colin, half of it is down at the moment. One of the units is down for scheduled maintenance. And as soon as that comes back on stream, the other one's going to be taken down for scheduled maintenance as well. So yes, while they are very reliable, they do need to be looked after, um, very, very significantly and very gently. And they're not always on stream all the time. Absolutely. And that is very necessary. Again, one of the massive uh, costs that come and the time and, and the really significant planning that comes from, from nuclear is that uh, while they are super reliable, you know, zero carbon and all those good things, you can't make mistakes with a nuclear plant. Uh, Japan's Fukushima has had massive repercussions on the rest of the world's uh, potential for growing or using nuclear. Germany basically switched off all their plants. They're now really thinking, mm, maybe we're a bit hasty in doing so, uh, given uh, their reliance on, on, on Russian gas. Um, and strictly speaking, if, you know, planned and built in the right way with the right model for getting that money back, it is a fantastic resource. So I'm not making a case for Guadimantashe, but he is not as 
mad to suggest that we need to have it in the mix, even though the, the RP that we have uh, doesn't actually include uh, an additional amount coming for the next little while. But then here's the comparison. We have two reactors, 1.8 gigawatts, only one on Africa. Uh, China will be looking to build, or is currently building, 19, just currently under construction. And the plan is to add or grow that to 228. 246 gigawatts of China's power will come from nuclear power. Now, again, if there are 19 reactors under construction at the moment, there have got to be a couple of hints and tips that they are learning about how to build that thing, which should translate when we need a couple of teams. Well, I'm, I'm being simplistic here, but then we, we do undertake to do a build, either uh, another one at the Kuburg uh, area because it's already there. I understand there is a plan for one to be built uh, near Kabecha. The point is there is some excellent insights for, for what can be built. Now, I don't know if that particular plant type, there's very many methods uh, that you can use if that's you know the preferred one that we'd want to go with for how it's built and how it works. Uh, South Africa had developed its own uh, pedal bed sort of versions, which, again, allows for smaller plants to be built so you can spread them around a little more, less reliance on huge amounts of water, etc. There, there is uh, validity in exploring those things. But I just wanted to run through uh, you know what, what the scale of those projects are and then how much they can assist us with our own ones. But even though that's very impressive for nuclear and pretty impressive for for coal, it really does move into another category when you start looking at what they're doing for wind and solar. 450 gigawatts. A reminder, South Africa total capacity, 51. They'll be adding 450 gigawatts just with wind and solar in the next little while. By 2030, they plan to make that 1,200 gigawatts. Now, a 2050 undertaking by a government, and certainly the Chinese president, who I think plans to be here still, 2030 and in charge, means that is quite an undertaking to say this is how committed they are to making that the way they will get there. Uh, And that is remarkable. And again, a a very good option for South Africa, given the space where lots of sun uh, occurs, certainly in the northwestern parts of, of the country. And our eastern, uh, it's nice to know we have a wind atlas. I think you've referred to it once before, Bruce, mentioning the, the whole uh, sort of eastern coastline uh, being um, the, 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 the best place for us to set up massive wind farms. Again, on land or in the sea, doesn't matter, but great place for us to generate huge amounts of, of um, energy from there. And then a slightly more experimental one, which I mentioned just because I wasn't even aware of it. Uh, methane hydrate. Is that a term you've come across as an energy nope. source before? Perhaps as it's a more cooler sounding name, fire ice. I thought we were going to be attaching generators to cow's bottoms or something. Methane what? <laughs> so methane, yeah. Natural gas is mostly methane. So in and in of itself, that's what we use. It is, is it is a fossil fuel. It is a very uh, um, powerful greenhouse gas. It's worse than carbon dioxide. If we just release methane into there, we're going to cause way more problems than we do releasing carbon dioxide into it. But as a fuel source, it's way better than coal. So if we could get enough methane to say, we'll burn the methane and not use coal, that'll be a better uh, option for us. Uh, accessing methane typically comes in a byproduct. It's, it's a byproduct or sometimes occurs in oil fields. You'll get it in shale gas. Uh, you sometimes get it in these uh, large sort of peat bogs, bogs, et cetera. It comes from the breakdown of natural um, the biological stuff. But there is a, a place where it has been found in huge quantities that if we could tap into it and find a way of extracting it, would certainly allow us to say, thanks, coal. We never need to use you again. We've got a very ready supply of methane for producing hydrogen, for burning itself, for doing all sorts of industrial processes that we use methane for. Uh, methane for. And uh, it's, it's locked up deep under the sea where there are huge pressures and freezing temperatures. And so effectively, it's kind of like a, a frozen water cage that has the methane inside of it. Uh, and it comes up as a piece of ice when you can when it extract the stuff and, and you look at it in front of you, it looks like a piece of ice, but you can light the ice and it will burn. And uh, the Chinese, Japan too, has uh, 
invested quite a bit of energy to try and find sustainable ways of extracting this from out under the very deep sea in a way that doesn't allow it to warm up um, and then just turn into methane and then have too much of an escape to basically saying, oh, we're making things worse. This is, this is not working. Now, they have been working on this for a good decade, uh, and they've only recently started making some significant abilities to sort of mine it for, I think, 60 days is the, new, is the current record before the mining operation had to shut down or got blocked up or you know, it, it ceased uh, uh, effective operation. Uh, but I'm sure they'll crack it at some point, and there's a lot of this stuff, and South Africa has a little of our, our own coastline as well. So those are the options for it. Then there's questions about you know, a just transition and how do you do that so you don't you know, chuck the coal miners out the way the, the, the British did. Um, and then the big one with us and using China, we have this very democratic, progressive sort of way of dealing with everybody. China sort of says, you do it my way or forget about it. They've got the challenge with um, the situation in the northern provinces, the Uyghurs and, and potential forced labor practice that have been used to, to build effectively a lot of the solar panels that could produce for the world come from there. Uh, there are some very big positives. You know, ESCOM is busy splitting. They're starting to say, listen, we stop with the generation. Let's move to Let's okay. The, the attempt is there. Let's move to distribution. Get uh, independent producers. Companies can do it. Individuals can do it. And other companies that want to build it again, other other companies in other countries can start saying send it in. And again, China here too for making these very high voltage transmission lines uh, will give us some fact that, you know really good help in saying let's let's update our transmission network. Ideally, to move between large areas where we're generating, you know, for the big solar areas, the big wind areas, uh, or the you know the, the coal places where they are now. Move them to areas where you can build batteries, so you can keep keep those batteries charged everywhere. Some really nice plans and again all contained in the IRP challenges can we actually implement it and what do we do between the implementation phase and right now when load shedding started just 20 minutes ago detail online two very big projects Modafontaine for those who recall what the smart city of Modafontaine was supposed to be and now basically it's still just a very nice little reserve uh, as well as the Mercado Messina project which again was going to have a 4,000 megawatt coal plant and massive uh, iron smelting things and everything like that and China said no we're not doing coal anymore so that's been scrapped and the attempt to make that solar I think is mm, not likely to come off quite as well as they hoped so lots of difficulties there is I think some value in certainly getting uh, Chinese expertise to assist us but for everybody else in South Africa bait fire we can get through this. We just need to hold everybody to account to do what they said they do. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual. And it's, it's depressing, isn't it? Just seeing how the rest of the world is really moving on and energizing and providing energy for their economies. We, we're not going to grow. I mean, the Reserve Bank, uh, the finance minister uh, today in parliament bemoaning the state of the nation's economy, as he should. Um, it's not of his doing. Um, and uh, <laughs> we, we just, yeah, we need a capable state if we are going to compete in the 21st century.